Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. Um, as Ben said, my name is Chris. I'm part of the staff team here at Grace Church. And uh, yeah, my privilege this morning to be able to be speaking to you. Um, and again, as Ben has alluded to, today, speaking on a kind of a one-off message um, to set up um, this week that we're entering into called Deeper. Um, so at the moment, we're in the middle um, of a, a new teaching series in the book of Hebrews, which we're working through over a number of months. But today, just kind of having this one-off essentially to set up the next four or five days. And um, so if you are here for the first time, you've kind of come kind of on a good Sunday. So you can kind of hear today's message and see if there's something that you want to be part of. Um, I know we, you've just heard a little bit about it. It's come through in our worship time as well. But I want to just kind of paint the picture for what Deeper really is all about. Um, as the tagline suggests, it is a week of worship, prayer, and, and fasting for us as a whole church. And, and you are all invited to be part of that. And... Um, I'm sure that lots of you have been involved in weeks like this over the years, maybe here, but maybe even in other churches. Like This is something that lots of churches do. Um, there's a reason, because it's good for us to do. Um, and I've been part of weeks like this here at Grace Church. We've done prayer and fasting for as long as I can remember, and kind of set aside three times a year, like a good few days, just to create space for God to speak, for us to pray for our church, for our city and our future. And this week will be no different. Um, and I'm incredibly excited for what the next few days hold because these weeks are always incredible. They're profound. And, and it might not be that you've had some like, massive moments in them, but in terms of shaping our church and like, how we have become what we are, these weeks have been so influential. Like, as we have prayed, like God has spoken and answered. As we've worshipped, we've had prophetic words come that have made our, our church kind of the way that it is. And so I'm expecting the same things of this week. And... It's worth saying that we, we haven't got loads planned. Um, in the booklets that you have on your chair, you'll find in there there's like a schedule for the week um, with some of the chunks of time that the kind of this room is open for, for prayer, some extra kind of acoustic worship in the main sessions in the evening, some early morning prayer. So we have some time slots available, but we haven't got anything planned really to fill them other than just we're going to worship, we're going to pray, we're going to wait on God. And so we're giving this week over to him. To, to whatever he wants to come and do amongst us. And my kind of aim and hope today is that as I speak and as we look at the Bible together, that really our, our faith will be stirred up for this week, that our hearts will be ready to receive everything that God has got for us so that we don't come into tomorrow or Tuesday or whatever and think, oh, I wasn't quite prepared, like I wasn't in the right frame of mind. Well, hopefully today we'll get ourselves in exactly the right frame of mind to receive what God has in store. So, that's what we're going to do today. And I'm going to start um, by kind of taking us back on a little bit of a journey, really. Um, because this week that we're about to enter into is not just sitting here in isolation. It's part of a much longer narrative that God has been kind of walking us through, a thread that has been run for months now. And so before we get into the Bible, I just want to kind of set the scene almost. We're going to head back into summer 2019 and just cover the last six months and have a look at what God has been doing, what he's been saying to us, and what that means then for the week that we're about to enter into. So go back to 2019, back in the summer, which was a long time away and the weather's as bad as it was this morning, but um, summer 2019 and, you know, in the lead up to the new academic year, we and the staff team here kind of started conversations about you know, what certain parts of the, the year will look like and kind of plotting and planning for um, what's coming up that term. 
But as we were doing that, it, we just started having conversations with people where it felt like there was like a new increased hunger in the church for more of Jesus. And uh, that's the best way I can really describe it. There, there were no kind of massive moments and anything particularly dramatic, but just lots of conversations. People saying, I, I just feel like I want more of the Lord at the moment. I just feel hungry for more of him, like I want him more than anything else. It's like, like the spiritual temperature, the dial was just being turned up slightly on, on Grace Church. And so then we came to the conversations where we started planning for prayer and fasting back in October was when we held it. So August, September time, we had some meetings to kind of look at, okay, what are we going to do with that week? And you know, we could just kind of look at what we've done in the past and kind of rework some of that and remodel it so that we can do that again, kind of get some of the people that have prayed for things in before. And we could do that. But I remember being in that first meeting uh, where, where JP, John, who lots of you will know, he's one of the elders here. He, he speaks regularly here on a Sunday. Um, he kind of set up the meeting. He was like, look, we could go back through everything that we've done over the last however many years. Look at the models that we followed and the plans that we put in place, many, much of which was really good and worked really well. We could revisit lots of that. And then he said something along the lines of, but I just want to make sure that we don't miss what God is doing now. And just for a start, I think that's such a good principle to have in life. That yes, there's lots of things we can learn lessons from, but we should never be looking so far back that we, fa we fail to see what God is doing right here in the now moment. And so we started having this meeting, this conversation, and for a planning meeting, we didn't actually come up with much of a plan at all. You know, afterwards, people are like, oh, like, what's the plan for prayer and fasting? It's like, no idea. Like, we haven't got one. But we did come out of that with a whole lot of faith that actually God was on the move, that he was doing something in our church and in our people. And actually, they're the best kinds of meetings in the staff team here. Like, yes, there are some where we go through detail, but the ones you come out of and you're believing God for more, that's what it's all about. And that's what led to Deeper back in October, because as we discussed those things and conversed with different ones in the church and heard more prophetic words come in, it felt like God was just calling us as a people to a greater intimacy with him, like calling us to go deeper in our relationship with him on an individual basis and as a church. And so all we did really when we came to that week was we created space, much more so than we ever had done before, like opened up this room during the day, added in extra sessions of worship with no agenda than just if you're around, you want to come, let, come. Just so we could press in to everything that God was doing. And lo and behold, in that week when we created space for God, he turned up. He always does. Whenever we make space in our lives for him, he always turns up. And he spoke to us. He started speaking in new ways to us. And I remember chatting to people after Deeper back in October. And again, lots of the same sorts of things started coming through. Like, nothing particularly dramatic. Like no one's saying they'd had any massive moments. But just like, I'm so pleased that I spent that time with Jesus. I just want more. Like it's affected the way that I relate to him. My relationship with the Lord is so much healthier now than it was before. So it obviously was, was working, like creating space for the Lord, was creating space in our hearts, and we were falling more and more in love with him. And then over the next few months, we kind of took all of that that we, we saw happen in that week and everything that we heard afterwards, and 
we, we carried on doing what we were doing, right? We had lots of things planned in the diary for that term, which were great. We went ahead with all of that. All the while, keeping our ear to the ground to try and get a sense of, okay, like, what is God up to? Like, how is he developing kind of what he started in October? Like, how's that growing and blossoming? And one after another in that time frame, kind of October through to Christmas, just had lots of prophetic words coming from different random people in the church, maybe some of you, just kind of saying, this is what I think God is saying to us at the moment as a church, or emailing it into the office, like, by the way, I was praying and I felt like God say this for us. And, and these words were, they were drawing on what we'd learned through that first week of Deeper. They were taking that theme, but, but developing it a little bit, like building on it, coming at it from a slightly new perspective. And there's a couple of uh, prophetic words that came out in those months that I want to highlight to us this morning to set up the week that we're about to go into. Um, one came in November, and one was in December. In November, there was this, someone had this picture of Grace Church and us sort of being in a swimming pool. And it wasn't like a baby pool, but it was smallish, right? It was, it was good. It was lots of fun. We'd been splashing around in there for a long time. But then next to that pool that we were in, all the while we'd been in there, another pool was being built, a much bigger pool. And as we were turning into the new decade, you know, entering 2020, this picture was to suggest that we were actually going to move from the smaller pool and step into the new bigger one. And at first, like the amount of water from the first one would have felt like not a lot. But over time, that pool, that new big space, was going to fill up, and we were going to do much more with it than we could have ever done with the small one. So that word came in November. And then in December, just before Christmas, again, had another prophetic word commenting on kind of us entering this new year and kind of the turn of the decade, and essentially saying that this year, i.e. 2020, that Grace Church is going to get much deeper foundations. Like that's what God is wanting to do this year. Going to do some real groundwork with us to prepare for the future. And that actually, and interestingly, that while that happens this year, that we might not see you know, explosive growth. Maybe we will. But it might not be about all the stuff that we see happen on the surface. But there'll be lots going on kind of underground, as it were. And God is doing that to lay a foundation for the next 10 years. And so we came into then the start of this year with that as our backdrop. It was like God was setting us up for the years to come. The turn of the decade, okay, now fix your eyes on the future. And so 2020, this year, is significant for us, not because of what we might see on the surface, though I'm sure lots of great things will happen in the next 11 months. But its significance comes from what God is going to do in the depths of our hearts and our community. This year is about preparation for what's to come. Preparation so that we can truly become the community that God has called us to be. Where we're a people that thrive, that become everything that God has for us. Where we're living phenomenal lives for Jesus where we are a church that is genuinely reaching every corner of our city and, and reaching out not just to ones and twos, but to whole neighborhoods and seeing them transformed by the gospel. Like that work kind of starts now, is what it feels like God is saying. 
And you know what? I am absolutely here for that. I mean, literally, that's why I'm in this church, is because of that. That's what I want to see happen. Do I want to be part of a church, a community that is thriving, being the best version that it can be for God? Absolutely. Do I want to be part of a church that is reaching out to those around, like bringing light into dark places and corners of the city? Absolutely. Do I know exactly how we're going to get there? Not really. No. But that's okay, because we're following the one who does. We're chasing him first. And everything else will fall into place. And so I want us to look at scripture this morning with kind of that in mind. Like put all of that journey that I've just walked us through kind of in your mind as the kind of the context then for the passages that we look at today. And it's just worth saying that, again, is a good sort of life principle. Like whenever we feel like God is speaking to us prophetically, that is, he is speaking from himself to us about things in our lives, in our world, we must always check that that lines up with what he has said in the Bible. That whenever we get prophecy, we must always make sure that it lines up with what he has already definitively said. Like this should be the thing that overrides it if it's not. And so we're going to turn to the Bible. We're going to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. And the passage we're going to look at, I think, speaks right into this kind of now moment that I've just described. We're kind of turn of the year, turn of the decade, like God doing a foundation work for years to come. Um, and spoiler, the good news is that I think everything we're sensing does line up with what his Bible says. Um, so we're going to go chapter 2, we're going to do verse 4 and verse 5. So if you have a Bible, flick that open. Um, I'm speaking from the ESV this morning. If you have something different, um, what I'm reading will be on the screen, so you can follow there if that's easier. But let's read these two verses together and see what it has to say. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and verse 5. As you come to him... A living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, I think the journey that we're on, like which we're literally in the middle of right now, like everything I've kind of narrated up to here, it feels like it still begs the question of, well, what are we building? Like, what are we building? What exactly does that look like? And then actually, subsequent to that, like, how does that thing, whatever that is, how does that get built? How does that come together? And I don't want us to ask those questions on a human level. I don't want us to ask it and then be like, okay, well, we've got a 13-point plan that's going to carry us through. No, 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 no. I'm not so, so concerned with the strategy here or the process, but just what God's will is for us, what he wants to achieve through his church. And so let's, let's look at that first question. What are we building? Well, I think verse 5 gives us the answer. If you read that again, it says, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. We are building a spiritual house for God. Say spiritual house for me. House. That is the answer to that first question. Great. Well, we're done. We'll move on. We'll be done in a few minutes. I'm afraid that's not quite true because that really is only the beginning of the answer. It's like, what's the answer? Spiritual house. What does it mean? Uh, I'm not sure. Let me explain what I mean a little bit. So I'm married to my wife, B. 
and uh, she is a biology teacher by trade, and she studied zoology at university. So she is very bright when it comes to the things of the natural world. And it's one of the things I admire most about her. Um, and somehow, in our marriage, I don't quite know how it happens, but every now and again, I get sucked into or drawn into what I can only describe as like a quick-fire biology exam. I, I can't tell you why it happens, but it will happen anywhere, anyhow. It will crop up out of nowhere. And you know what, what might happen is we're in conversation, we're, we're on a walk or we're in the garden, and um, I might ask a question. Now, that's where, that was my first mistake, right? <laughs> don't open it up to the biologist in the room. Um, you know, comment on something that we see, and, uh, and then she'll kind of turn the teacher thing on and be like, well, what do you think is happening there? Like, ah, well, the reason I asked the question is because I don't know the answer. Um, <laughs> the teachers in the room are like, yeah, that's what we do. Um, so ask this question. And then she returns it back to me. And one of these questions that actually I think has come up more than once, because I guess I just forget the answer, whatever, but is, well, how do plants get what they need from the sun? Okay, now at this point, I'm feeling pretty full of myself, because I'm like, I'm a brightish kind of guy. I remember like 5% of GCSA biology. That will probably get me through. And I'm like, hey, the answer is photosynthesis to that one. Thank you so much. Next question, love. Um, but then, naturally, comes the follow-up question of like, well, what does that actually mean? At which point, my pride kind of comes a tumbling down, because I'm like, oh, I, like, all my like, GCSE teachers are like, oh, no, like, you had all this time spent learning this, and all you can give is like, it's something to do with the sun, leaves, gases, and I don't know what else. Like, that's the best I can muster. And it can be a little bit like that sometimes when reading the Bible. We, like, we technically know the answer because we can do basic comprehension. Like, well, the answer is a spiritual house. Great. But I want us to know what that means. I want us to know actually what that looks like and how it works. And I think there are two particular parts of what a spiritual house is to be that God is calling us into. And the first of those is that a spiritual house for God is to be a house of prayer. That a spiritual house for God is to be a house of prayer. If you turn back in the Bible to Isaiah 56, way back in the Old Testament, you read as Isaiah prophesies that those who join themselves to God, that give themselves over to him, that love his name, it says that they will be brought into his house and that his house will be called a house of prayer for all peoples. So even way back then, God knew that the people, the house that he wanted to establish, his church, was to be a house of prayer. And not just kind of inward-facing insular, but a house of prayer for all peoples. And if we take this mandate seriously to become a house of prayer, it turns us into a powerhouse for God. Because prayer is powerful. It just is. Like, I think sometimes in culture, prayer gets like belittled as this kind of like cute thing that you do before bed. And it's like, thank you, Lord, for this day. Amen. And like, that's it. And maybe that is it. And that's fine. But prayer is so much more than that. Like, prayer is, is a weapon that we can wield in the spiritual fight that we're in. Like, when we pray, we, we call on the resources of heaven, on the almighty God himself, for his kingdom to come for mountains to be moved, for strongholds to come crumbling down when we pray. That's what prayer is. So if we truly become a spiritual house for God, you bet that we will see power. 
that we will be a powerhouse for him. And look, if we're going to do anything for God in the next decade, which I absolutely believe and hope that we will, any of the things that we're going to begin talking about this year, we have to be a praying people and pray that stuff into life. Like, strategy won't be enough. Even just sheer numbers won't be enough. We need to pray. We need to call on heaven. So this spiritual house that God wants to build, that we're being built up into, is to be, firstly, a house of prayer. Secondly, a spiritual house for God is to be a house of worship. A spiritual house for God is to be a house of worship. And again, there are loads of references in the Bible to God's house, the house of the Lord. It even came through, actually, in in one of the contributions this morning. And in the Old Testament in particular, that language is used to refer to the place where God dwells, where he kind of inhabits with his people and where he is worshipped. So it's often like the tabernacle, the, the tent of meeting, the temple, the, the actual location that God is in with his people. It is the very place where the priest would go to offer sacrifice as part of the people's worship and devotion to God in those specific locations. But now, we are the temple of the living God. No more is God restricted to one location and one place and one spot. He is just within his people. And we are now a priesthood of all believers. It's what the Bible describes us as. So we no longer have to wait for one person to make our worship for us. We all can bring our offerings of praise and devotion to the Lord. Day and night, night and day. And again, actually, if we go back to Isaiah in chapter 43 this time, we see him prophesy about the people that God is going to make for himself, this house that he is going to establish. And he describes it as a people called by his name and created for his glory and a people that are formed that they might proclaim his praise. Like God is going to make for himself a people that proclaim his praise. That is their purpose. And so this spiritual house that we're building, that this week is setting us up for, must be a house that first and foremost proclaims the glory, the splendor, and the praise of God. That has to be our priority. I read a great quote in preparing for today from one of the commentators, Edmund Clowney, and uh, he says this, Worship remains the central calling, not only of the Christian, but of the Christian church. The worship of God consists not only in hearing and responding to his word, as Peter has been reminding us, and this is brilliant, It finds its burning focus in lifting the name of God in adoration. This function of the priesthood cannot be delegated. God's praises must rise from the lips of all his people, assembled before his face and joining with the festival assembly of the saints and the angels. I love that. The church finds its burning focus in lifting the name of God in adoration. That's when we really come into our own, when we're praising him, giving him honor and glory. And so this week, with Deeper, let's make that our burning focus, to worship him, to honor him in whatever way that looks like. 
over the next decade the same. That as a church, our burning focus be just to magnify the name of the Lord in Nottingham and beyond, wherever we go, that his name might be praised. That's what we're building, a spiritual house, a house of prayer and a house of worship. Hey, Siri. That then begs the second question. How does that get built? Like, going from that, like, how, how does that actually happen? Well, actually, that one is quite straightforward. We're told in, in verse 4, the opening of what I read this morning, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, that is Jesus, as we come to Jesus. That's how. And actually, the, the more accurate rendering of that opening phrase is, as we keep coming to Jesus, as you continue to come to him, not just like a one-time thing, but over and over and over again, returning to him. And it's recognition of the fact that it is all because of him, and it's all through him that any of this is even possible in the first place. It came through in Chris's prayer just at the end of worship. We wouldn't be able to pray and intercede for anything. We wouldn't be able to worship and spend any time in the presence of God. We wouldn't have any access to the Father whatsoever were it not for the cross of Christ, the blood that he shed for you and me, for the victory and the conquest that he now has over the power of sin and death forever. Like that is the way into all of what we're talking about this morning as we come to him. Because he is, after all, the one that promised that he will build his church. And that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That is a promise. And we heed the, wor the words of the psalmist, Psalm 127, where it says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Uh, he's the one that is building this thing. Now, he is building it with us. Because in verse 5, we're told that you yourselves, like living stones, i.e. like Jesus, are being built up into this spiritual house. So in his grace and kindness and mercy, he's chosen to do it with us. But our role there is not to figure it out ourselves. It's not like he has handed over all of the responsibility to us and say, okay, now strategize. Now get processes in place that make it happen. No, no, no. The call here is for each of us, like living stones, to, to lay ourselves down, to build up, to make up the fabric and the structure of this spiritual house. It's almost like each of us is like a, a people brick being laid into the foundation. That might not be the most appealing image in the world of us just like piling on top of one another, but that's kind of what it's describing. That's how we build church by each of ourselves being living stones, laying ourselves down for Jesus. And you know what? I'm so glad it's that way around, that he's the one that's building it, because he's way better than any plan we could ever put in place. Like, we're learning it in our Hebrew series right now. Like, the tagline of that series is, Jesus is better. Jesus is better than any strategy you or I could come up with. Coming to Jesus is better than planning years in advance and figuring out what you want to do. Just as you come to him, whatever we might come up with, Jesus will always surpass. 
and be the better version of. Without him, all of this counts for nothing. It sounds stark, but that's the reality. But actually, that's good news, because the pressure's off. It's not up to you and me to manufacture this thing. All we have to do is keep coming to Jesus every day, return to him. When it looks like not much is happening on the surface, we come to Jesus. When we actually see breakthrough in church life or in our own lives, we come to Jesus. When we face trial and tribulation and stuff just gets really hard as a church or in our own lives again, we come to Jesus. Like every time something happens, we come to Jesus. That is our returning point back to him. And as we do that, we like living stones, as is spoken about here, we get built up into this spiritual house as we come to Jesus. So this spiritual house is a house of prayer. It's a house of worship. That's what God has called us to be. That's what we're building. How do we do that? We come to Jesus, the one through whom all of it was made possible in the first place. And actually, we're in the middle of a journey right now. Like the narrative that I I told at the beginning, I mean, that starts years ago, actually, for us as a church. We're in a story that God is weaving together in all of our lives And he's been speaking to us for months now about going deeper with him, about this intimacy. Come close to me. I want more for you. And then developing that and saying, okay, now from that place of intimacy with me, I'm going to dig deep into your heart, into your church, to lay something that will prepare for what is to come. And actually, we're at the start of the next chapter. Like That's what this year feels like. That's as, as we've been talking as a team and leaders and like taking all of these prophetic words, it's like, oh, this feels like the start of a new chapter for us. There's this week as we kind of look to, okay, what foundations is God wanting to lay down for our future? And then in, in a month's time, we've got Vision Sunday, where we will be taking a, a fresh look completely at what our calling, our unique calling is as a church for this city. Like, what does he have for us? Soon after that, we'll have Anniversary Sunday, which is essentially the birthday celebration of us being in this building for 10 years. We'll look back at everything that God has done, but we'll also look ahead and think, okay, what else could he do through this, through what he's given us? It's the first year this year that we'll go away for a weekend as a wider family of churches. It's never happened before. For Grace Connection to be together like that, for Together Weekend where again, we'll come together, we'll celebrate the family that God is building, but we'll look ahead and dream together for the future. Like, what else is he wanting us to do in this nation and others? What's happening this year represents a moment that that might not look like much at first, though I'm sure great things will happen, but will allow for something great to be built and established for many years to come. Do you want to come back up? Oton, can we just get the schedule back on screen from the notices, the deeper times for what's happening this week? That'd be great. This week is, as I suggested at the beginning, all about creating space, about carving out space for God. With no real plan, not much in the way of detail, other than just some slots created. So these things that are happening this week here in this room, in this building, um, 
you are all absolutely welcome to come and be part of. We've got open spaces during the days where no one will be leading it. It's just time for you to come to pray, be with the Lord. Maybe it's during your lunch break. Maybe you've got time between meetings or something. Acoustic worship. So before each of the main sessions, we're actually going to be worshiping for an hour and a half ahead of that. Very chilled, very relaxed. But if you want to come, you've got time. Maybe you can't make it later. Come and be part of that. And the main sessions in the evening, which all kick off Tuesday night with our worship night, with one purpose, to worship the Lord. And then from there, we'll see where we go. But actually, this week isn't just about the things that we've kind of listed here. It's about what's happening in our hearts. And I'm incredibly excited for it because I I believe that as we pray for things this week, we will see fruit. Maybe not for years, but we will see fruit down the line. Like Things are going to shift as we pray this week. I'm believing for that. That's what I've got faith for. I'm believing that as we worship, in whatever slot, wherever we do it, if it's in our car, at home, here, that as we do that, God will speak. That God will go deeper into our hearts and just win us more and more to his kingdom. That's what I'm believing for. That's what I've got faith for. And look, if you can't make stuff here at the building for work or family reasons, what, like, that's fine. Of course, we'd love you to be here. We'd love to gather together. But we've made these booklets so that you can engage from a distance. Like Wherever you are, you can know that you're praying the same things as 500 other grown-ups. You can do it with your kids and know that actually all the kids in the church are praying for the same things. Because we're in this together. We're in this with Jesus. And it's as we come to him this week, in whatever way that looks, however that is for you, It's as we come to him and lay ourselves down as living stones that we get built up into this spiritual house for God. All for his glory.